This week on the podcast, I am starting a new series on resilience. It is such an important topic right now. It's a question that I'm getting nonstop in DMs and emails. I'm being asked to talk about it in keynote speeches. It's just something everybody wants to know about. And I honestly started to record like I normally do, where I will talk to you about a topic and then I'll give you, you know, five things that have really helped me and that might help you. But when I started to dig into this topic of resilience, it just sort of exploded in my mind and in my heart and became something much bigger. The question that I started to ask myself was not, how can we as human beings learn to be stronger? How can we as human beings learn to have more willpower and learn to push harder? The question that I want to talk about or the thing that I want to unpack when it comes to resilience is how do we make ourselves feel better, have more energy, have more vitality, have more joy, be deeply entrenched in our purpose so that we don't get burnout in the first place? How do we find not just resilience, but energy and joy for the process? While I started this talking about what I thought was going to be sort of a wrapped up in a bow conversation, I quickly realized as I was digging into just the first foundational piece that this is a multi-part conversation. So today is my first installment of how to be resilient through the lens of something much bigger. I hope you enjoy this series, and as always, I hope it's a blessing to you and something that provides you with some hope or some inspiration, but definitely some tactics that you can take with you into work and into life. I hope you have a beautiful day and that you enjoy this episode on resilience. Hi, I'm Rachel Hollis, and this is my podcast. I spend so many hours of every single week reading and listening to podcasts and watching YouTube videos and trying to find out as much as I can about the world around me. And that's what we do on this show. We talk about everything, life and how to be an entrepreneur. What happened to dinosaurs? What's the best recipe for fried chicken? What's the best plan for intermittent fasting? What's going on with our inner child? How's therapy working out for you? Whatever it is my guests are into, I want to unpack it so that we can all understand. These are conversations. This is information for the curious. This is the Rachel Hollis Podcast. It's so wild, you guys. I am recording this episode in my bedroom. I tend to like to work in here because I can look outside at the trees and I feel like it's inspiring. It's just a beautiful place. If you're going to work from home. I like to work from home with a view. And I'm literally recording this intro for you and I am watching a baby cardinal. I swear, I wish I could videotape this and show you. I'm watching a baby cardinal try and work up the courage to fly. I mean, it's like, he's not like a chick, but he's still small enough that you can see kind of 
Like all his feathers aren't there. And he's like wobbling across this tree trunk and trying to figure out what to do. I'm literally watching him try and work up the courage, which is such a gift from the universe right now that I get to see it, but also that it's showing up for us in this conversation about how to be resilient. Because this little guy, his resilience, his willingness to find courage to do this thing that is instinctual, but also gotta be so freaking scary. That takes courage. And that courage, that resilience is a matter of life and death for him. He's got to figure out what to do or he'll starve. He's got to figure out what to do. He's got to figure out the courage to fly, to push himself off this branch, to try and go, or he's not going to eat. And I know I sound a little bit dramatic, but that's true for some of you as well. You're counting on yourself, or maybe your kids are counting on you to come through, and you're feeling weary, or you're feeling scared, or you feel just as nervous as this baby bird about what to do next. I'm literally, this entire time I'm talking to you, he hasn't moved. He's like, oh, he just jumped. He's trying to work up the courage. It's so rad. I always feel like if you look to nature, you are going to see an example of something you need to. And so let's start our conversation today knowing that for some of us, this need to find resilience in ourselves right now is life or death. And I don't mean that literally. I mean, it's the difference between living every day, and I'm using air quotes, living every day, feeling like this is no kind of life at all. Living every day, feeling like you're run down to the bottom of your barrel. Living every day, feeling like, is this all there is? Wondering if it's supposed to be this stressful, if it's supposed to be this hard. Or finding passion, finding purpose, finding joy, finding a higher vibration in your life so that you are truly living. Resilience is how you keep going. Resilience is how you evolve. It's how you find the next step. And if you feel like you need the next step or you feel like you need to lead others into finding their next step, then this episode is for you, courtesy of a baby cardinal. I guess let's start this entire conversation with what I think is the most important foundational step when it comes to having resilience, the most important. And that is to make peace through mindset, to make peace through mindset. How I would describe that in more basic terms is in order to be resilient, the first thing you have to do is accept change. You have to accept change. In fact, if you are struggling with this right now and you have not read my last book, like you do not have to buy it. Go get it from the library for free. My last book, Didn't See That Coming, came out last year. Isn't All it is is this topic. It is how to keep going when life gets hard. It's how to keep going when you're exhausted, when you've lost someone, when you're going through divorce, when your business is failing. Like how in the world do you stand back up and go again? The very first step is that you have to accept the change. You have to accept the change. Not only because you can't actually figure out what to do, 
if you don't accept the new reality that you find yourself in. But also, and guys, this is like, this is everything. You have to accept change because the mental energy that you are putting out into the world, trying to battle with what was, like you're bargaining with God or you're pissed off or you wish it was a different way, the amount of mental energy and focus that you waste every single day arguing about what should be instead of what is, that's your focus. That's your capacity. Like if you feel like you've lost, you're like, ma'am, Rach, I really feel like I'm struggling to focus, to stay on task. I, I didn't usually, I didn't used to get this distracted before COVID. I don't know what's going on. What I would clap back at you with is what are you spending that mental energy on? We get so used to obsessing over things or being frustrated with things or trying to hold it all together or trying to find a solution or fix the thing that most of the time we don't even realize what that costs us. People talk a lot about burnout, and I think that when we dig into a conversation about resilience, burnout's for sure going to show up. Sometimes it's burnout because you're pushing too hard, but a lot of times I think burnout shows up because you're spending so much time focusing on the wrong things. So with all the love in my heart, you have to accept what is. You have to accept what is. The last 19 months of my life, the hardest of my life. And I know this is true for so many of you. The the most stressful, certainly, the the ever-shifting, ever-changing, we're going to pivot, we're going to pivot again. It's been a lot for all of us at every level of business, at every, every member of the family, every friendship circle. It's just been a lot to handle. And There are times that I would feel so bitter and angry, frustrated to my core because this isn't fair, right? Like how many, how many of you had moments this year where your business was failing to no fault of your own, but because a global pandemic, how many of you lost someone that you love? I lost someone that I love to COVID. That's not fair. How many of you have had those moments this year or last year where you're like, this is not fair and you're shaking your fist at the sky. You're like, this is not fair. And I remember this saying, uh, my my ex-mother-in-law used to always tell her kids when they were little, they'd sit, she, they, uh, they were in Southern California. Whenever her kids would say, this isn't fair, she'd say, the fair's in Pomona. You ever, your parents say something like that, meaning they tell you where the fairgrounds were? When I would say, this isn't fair, my dad would always say, always say, life isn't fair. Life isn't fair. And I don't think I would ever arm my kids with that sort of outlook because I don't believe that it's that fatalistic because that almost makes it sound like not only is life not fair, but it probably is a bit unfair. And I actually don't think that's true, which was why I didn't just say that you need to accept change first. I said that you need to make peace with what is. Make peace because you can accept something and still be super pissed off about it. 
and your angry energy isn't helping you. But to make peace with something is to gather it close, is to pull it in, is to allow it to be your truth right now, even if it's not what you would have chosen. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Debit card users, listen up. You've worked hard for your money. Now it's time to make it work even harder for you. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can get cash back on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Earn on things like gas, groceries, and even that midday latte. And to top it off, there are no fees, period. Yep, that means you won't be charged fees on your checking account. Transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Let's step back for a minute and ask ourselves, how can we make peace with something that feels wrong? How can we make peace with something that feels hard? How can we accept this thing that feels like only negative in our life. Because frankly, if the change you were encountering was only awesome, you wouldn't need resilience, right? You'd just like be living your best life. You wouldn't need to listen to this podcast. The only reason we talk about resilience is that life keeps kicking the crap out of us. It keeps feeling hard. We keep experiencing frustration. And so we have to learn to be resilient. And for me, the way that you make peace with something is through mindset. The way that you make peace with something is to accept what it is and also to be mindful even in the midst of hardship how blessed you are, that God and the universe are conspiring to make sure that you have what you need, that you are supported, that there is a foundation there, that you have all the things that you're hoping for, that you want, you have them already. I have been doing so much therapy and work on myself and diving deeper and trying to understand more about the way that I view the world, the way I want to view the world, the way I think about energy, the way I think about God and faith and how that shows up. And the thing I know that's truer than true After 38 years on this earth, after the majority of those being raised in the Christian faith, after the last several years of trying to understand other people's faith and the way that they look at the world and God and the universe around them, what I found is that the stories and the teachings are way more similar than they are different, no matter how far back you go. No matter which part of the world, no matter what the religion is, 
there is a story and a narrative that rings true again and again and again about what we actually are meant to do, what we actually are here for, which is a much deeper conversation than today's episode. But the gist of it is, is this connection and this reminder that everything you have, you can align yourself with the energy of that now. This is the idea. This is what manifesting is. So if you listen to my episode on manifesting and the law of attraction, then you've already heard me talk about this. And if you haven't listened to that episode, go check it out. We'll put it in show notes for you so you can easily access it. It was one of the most popular conversations I've had. So clearly y'all are hippies just like I am. But essentially the idea is that we don't attract into our lives what we want. We attract into our lives what we are, what we focus on. And if you want more love, let's say I'm remembering back to being single and having a desire, let's say, for a partner in the world, having a desire for love. Now, if you're single and you're dreaming of this perfect partner, you're dreaming of this great love for your life, you could absolutely feel frustrated that you don't have it, or you could ask yourself what the feeling is that you're going for. Oh, you want to feel loved. You want a relationship because you want to feel love. Okay, where in your life do you have love? So I could go through a list, right? I could say, you know, I have amazing friends that I love so much. I have four beautiful children that I love. I have a work that I love. And oh my gosh, actually, the more I think about it and the more I focus on it, the more I realize that my life is spilling with love. My life is overwhelmed with love. I have love in every direction. But if I only focus on the absence of the thing that I want, I will just continue to create more of a reality that I don't have that thing. I am convinced, I'm convinced that I found love when I was not looking for it, when I didn't think that that was something I wanted. I found love because my life was so full and so happy and so joyful when it came to my friends and my kids. And I just felt so blessed to get to have this community around me. That's why I fell in love. And even more so, sort of digging into that deeper, this love that I found was through friendship. Like I'm making this connection in my mind right now. If you manifest in your life what you are, what I am is a woman who has deeply gratifying, beautiful, loving, rich relationships with my friends. And I ne- honestly, I'm like realizing this right now with you guys, that that is how I found my love. That's how I found my boyfriend. He wa- I was looking for a friend. I made a friend. I literally, the first time I met him, I went to Sam and Beans for my best girlfriends. And I was like, oh my God, you guys, I just met our new best friend. And it turns out I was right, but just also that he would be someone I would make out with eventually. So how this looks when it comes to resilience is that if you're in opposition 
with the change that you've encountered, if you're battling with what was, if you're frustrated or anxious or sad or pissed off about the change that you've gone through or the changes you've gone through or how many times you have to pivot, the solution to that feeling is to really understand what's truly making you upset. What is truly bothering you about the change that you're experiencing? So let's say your manager, you had the best manager and you love them and they've helped you to get to this spot in your career and they were a champion for you and then they got a new job and now all of a sudden you're experiencing a new manager, you don't really like this person and you don't know how to feel, you've already gone through so much change and it's making all these feelings come up in you. The way that you make peace with that is through the mindset of asking, what am I actually upset about right now? Am I upset that my manager left or... Am I feeling fear? Am I feeling fear that I'm not going to be taken care of? Am I feeling fear that I'm not enough for this new leader? Am I feeling fear that I'm going to lose my job? Am I feeling angry because I think I should have been the one promoted? Am I feeling whatever it is you're feeling, if you can identify it, the solution is to ask yourself, Does the feeling that I want, like let's say that the manager leaves and you identify, you know what, I'm actually feeling really fearful because I felt like that person was my mentor. I felt like that person had my back and now I feel all alone. Great. Now we've identified what you need to make peace, not only to make peace, but to feel great. How do you feel great? You identify in your life Where do you have support? Where do you have mentorship? Where do you have the things that you're missing when you lost that person as your direct leader? I do a lot of really intentional meditation on this idea. What's the feeling that I'm missing right now that's making me have this negative emotion? And where can I identify it in my life? Because not only does it always exist, Always, I don't care where you are. I don't care what's going on. I don't care if you have access to a phone and the internet to listen to this podcast, you are doing better than 95% of the world's population. So yes, I know times are hard. And yes, I know that you might be struggling. I know. But I also know that you have blessings. I also know that that feeling you desire is already in you. Then maybe you hear this and you're like, well, I have fear because I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills. Been there. That's scary. That can cause so much fear. I don't know how I'm going to pay these bills. I don't know how I'm going to take care of the kids. I don't know. All I can see is the lack, Rach. All I can see is the past due. All I can see are these things that I wish I had and I don't. So where are you blessed? Where are you rich beyond measure? I am taking my four children away this weekend to go skiing. And I think if you're a parent like me, you understand how important it is to have a kitchen available to you when you have four kids, which is why Airbnb is always the place that I head to just make the vacation easier. And I have always used Airbnb as a place to stay, whether it was for work or family or a girl's weekend. But more and more, my friends are using Airbnb in a totally different way. 
as a business, as a way to invest in property and earn money for it. While you're away, your home could be an Airbnb. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and it's a great way to earn some extra money. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Almost every morning of my life, I have oatmeal. Seriously, during the winter, having something hot in the morning really makes a big difference in my day. Quaker has been a trusted name in oatmeal for over 145 years, which means they've been milling oats since before the invention of the zipper, the stop sign, or ballpoint pens. Quaker has something for everyone, whether it's old-fashioned or quick oats that are good for cooking or baking. And while a ton of things have changed, the good stuff remains the same. Quaker, getting up to some good since 1877. Look for Quaker Oats at your local grocery store. This episode is brought to you by Progressive where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. I can get really attached to goals. I can get really attached to the vision that I have for my life and the next thing that I want to build. It's part of being an Enneagram 3. It's just a big part of who I am. And I have this whole vision. You might have heard me talk about it. I have this whole vision. I want to have a horse ranch. It's like my ultimate dream goal in life is to have a horse ranch in Austin with like thousands of acres. And I just have this whole vision for this like thing that I want to have. And my kids are going to grow up there and I'm going to like have dinner parties and like people can come and stay and you could like ride a horse. And like, I just have this whole vision. It makes me so excited. And I can start to get so focused on this thing that I want that I'm like, oh, when am I going to get to that? And I'm like, holy crap, baby girl, look around you. Look around you. Look like you're doing a podcast in the comfy chair in your bedroom while cardinals dance on branches outside the window. What a blessed life you have. I have conversations with myself like this all day long. When's the last time that you noticed the wonder in the life that you have? You know, you're frustrated because you have a car and you wish it was better. You wish it was cooler. It's an old clunker. You got to roll the windows down by hand. And then you remember that people are riding the bus. You're like, damn, I'm grateful for this 1992 Toyota. <laughs> you make peace with the loss. You make peace with the change. You make peace with 
the perceived negative in your life by understanding how much positive there still is. And this episode isn't about manifesting, but the craziest thing happens when you start to live in a state of abundance. Meaning, when you start to see, like when all you can see is your blessings, when that's, when that's the only thing that you allow yourself to focus on, you start getting blessed more. The vibration that you're operating at, it, it raises and you attract more things into your life. You attract more of what you focus on. You make peace through your mindset. Your mindset is your ability to choose your thoughts. I say this to my nine-year-old almost every day on the way to school. He can be a little worrier. He can be a little bit of a hypochondriac. He will see something on the internet and decide that he has a disease that is not even possible for a nine-year-old to have. And I just keep telling him over and over and over, you can choose your thoughts. Your thoughts are a running stream of consciousness. There are hundreds of thousands that float by in the course of a day. And your brain decides what to focus on. The stream of consciousness is always there. There's an infinite number of things that you can think about at any given moment. You're choosing to focus on the one. And maybe you're saying, well, Rach, no, it's really overwhelming me. And so that's why I'm focused on this thing because I feel very overwhelmed by the hugeness of how this impacts my life. And that is true. But then there are all kinds of other things that you could be thinking on instead. And the reason... Now, oh my gosh, I was reading this book the other day. I was reading um, an old book by Wayne Dyer. And he said this thing that like tripped me out. He said something about the idea that you can choose a new thought. And he said, if you don't believe me, if you don't believe that there's an infinite number of thoughts that you can choose and that you're actually choosing the ones you think about right now, he said, then just stop thinking. Just stop thinking altogether. Don't think any more thoughts ever again. You can't do it. It's impossible to not think thoughts because there's so many that are available to you at any given moment. But just like something bad is ready and available for you to focus on, so is something good. So you can roll your eyes and you can ignore this and you can think that it's hippie and it's witchy and it doesn't apply to you and it's so much harder and it's all bad and it's all wrong. Or you can try. What if you just try? What if the next time that you're starting to feel overwhelmed, you go on YouTube and you type in gratitude meditation and you really allow yourself to feel grateful for what you have? What if you had to do that 15 times a day? And then after a little bit of time, it's only 12. And then you only have to do it five. And then it just becomes your way of focus. I went through one of the craziest things I've ever experienced in my life the last year. And just, I mean, crazy. And it overwhelmed me every single day for over a year. Every single day I would wake up and within an hour of being awake, the anxious thought would float into my head about this seemingly insurmountable Thing. This thing that I had no idea how I would overcome. I had no idea how we would get through it. Every day I would wake up and I would 
at some point start to focus on the most overwhelming thing I've ever experienced every day. And about six months ago, when I really started doing work on focus and what we manifest, I made a decision that in retrospect to me feels like divine guidance, divine. And every single time I would think about this very real, very dangerous, very scary thing, every single time, I just told myself, we do not give energy to that thought. I refuse to think about it. I refuse to focus on it. I refuse to give it a second, not one second more focus than the instant that my anxious brain went to it, and then I'm going to step away. Every single time, I course corrected. I brought myself back. I made peace with the fact that this big, scary, hard thing was happening. I made peace with the fact that I was in it. I made peace by telling myself, by telling myself over and over and over again, but right now you're safe. Right now your kids are safe and you're safe and you're in this beautiful home where birds dance outside the windows. You're safe right now. And this is a very real danger. But right in this exact moment, you are not in immediate danger. And so we're not going to give this one second of energy. I refuse to focus on it because I was convinced that if I focused my energy on this thing, I would manifest more of that chaos in my life. I would make it grow bigger. I would make it grow stronger. Not only would I make it become something more than I was, but I would essentially be torturing myself in the process because thinking about it made me physically nauseous, made me so overwhelmed. I would think of all of the rationales. This isn't fair. This is, this is not true. This is all of these things are so horrible and so hard And it didn't change my reality. So the only thing that I could do was not focus on it. And then I made a bold, I made a bold choice for me because this is like beyond what I would have ever grown up believing was true. So I had already decided that I wouldn't focus on it. And then about three months in into changing that thought pattern, I decided to focus on exactly what I wanted to happen instead. And so every day I had like written out a paragraph of exactly what I wanted to happen instead. And every single day, one of the lines in that paragraph was, this completely goes away. This completely goes away. And even as I wrote it and as I read it, I knew that this thing, this big, monstrous, terrifying thing going away would be a miracle. This is not the kind of thing that just goes away. I knew it would require a miracle, but I also felt like if my thoughts can control me, if they can make me feel anxious, if they can make me obsess, then isn't it better to try and focus them on what I want, even if it doesn't turn out right, even if it still goes horribly wrong? At least my thoughts are focused on the good thing instead of the negative possibility. And you want to know something crazy? It completely went away. 
it completely went away. And I remember sitting with my boyfriend, the kids were at their dad's, I was sitting with my boyfriend and I was uh, physically and mentally and emotionally exhausted from this thing that I've been going through. And I was sitting on the couch and I really, I swear to you, that week I had just, I had just made peace with it. It was the hardest week that I had dealing with this process, but I had just made peace with it. I had refused to focus on it and I had diligently and faithfully every single day read that paragraph. This completely goes away. And I got a call and they told me, it's done. It's gone. And I could not believe. It It felt like a miracle. It really, from the depths of my being, it felt like a miracle. It was a miracle. But the older I get, the more I believe that we all have the ability to create miracles. I really believe this. I really believe that there is something divine in us and there is something divine in the universe around us. And we are capable of creating that which we choose to focus on. You can make peace with even the hardest things in your life. You can. Doesn't mean it's going to be easy. Doesn't mean that you're going to get results quickly. But the most amazing thing about that process is when you let go of trying to control what is and isn't happening, when you let go of it not going the way it was supposed to, when you let go of the unfairness, when you let go of the why me, when you ground yourself in faith and hope and love, when you ground yourself in how freaking blessed you are, even when you're still facing hardship, and I'm not out of the woods yet, I'm still facing hardship, but even when it was more dire, even before this miracle happened, even then I was living in faith. We get to choose our outlook. We do. I am a living example, but gosh, there are so many examples. There are so many teachers. There are so many, like throughout history, like I started this conversation, going back into every bit of recorded religion, there is evidence of this idea that we are meant to be aligned with our God. We are meant to be aligned with the universe. And maybe you're like, I came on this podcast to listen to you talk about resilience so I could learn to be a better executive at my company. Yeah. The way that you become a better executive, a better mama, a better human is that you evolve and grow as a person. I mean, give me the choice of a leader who's grounded in love and faith in something bigger than them or a leader who's bitter and pissed off about change. I'm going to choose the witchy woman who does meditation every day all day long. I meant to do an entire episode on five different points of resilience, but I'm realizing resilience is such a bigger conversation. There are foundations to this. And the first one starts with a mindset. 
the first one starts with understanding manifesting and not that you can control what happens in the world around you, but you can certainly control your state as you take it on. Resilience is how fast can I get back up when I've got knocked down? Resilience is how do I find the strength to keep going? That's what we know it as. But I'm asking you to consider a resilience defined by doing those things with joy, doing those things with energy, doing those things with vibrance. What would that look like in your life? Can you imagine how freaking unstoppable you would be if you were emotionally healthy and physically healthy and your mindset was strong? You'd you'd be unstoppable because no matter what life throws at you, you would stay grounded in the knowledge that you are blessed beyond measure. You would stay grounded in the knowledge that your goals and your dreams are beautiful and worthwhile because you are worthwhile and you matter, but you don't need those goals to be happy. If you think that the goal is going to make you happy, it's why you get so freaking pissed off when it's hard. It's why you get so upset when you have to pivot and change because you've decided that you need this preconceived outcome in order for your life to be made better. Your life is already better. It is. But you have to look for it. This is not BS. Like There is a reason that every great teacher going back generations and eons (laughs) has been talking about this idea. And I'd like to challenge us to consider that we don't just ask how we can have the willpower to go again or how we can have the motivation to go again, but how we can have the joy to go again. This is my first installment in my conversation on resilience. Step number one, make peace through mindset. That's my challenge for you this week. Make peace through your mindset. Notice your thoughts as they happen. Notice them. Just become aware of them passing through your mind. Because if you can begin to notice your thoughts, you can allow yourself to step outside of them. Oftentimes we think we don't have control over what we think because we never take a step back and realize that we are separate from the thoughts we think. My doctor says, you don't have to believe every stupid thought that comes into your brain. What a concept. Separate yourself from your thoughts and just begin to notice them. And then begin to notice them without judgment. If you see yourself having an anxious thought, just think, oh, look, I'm doing that thing again. Whoop, there's my pattern where I get triggered by this feeling. Notice yourself having those thoughts. That's step number one. And then Gabby Bernstein has this great step, like three steps that she does when she's talking about realigning your thoughts. She says, notice the thought, forgive yourself for having that thought, and then choose a thought that will make you feel good. It's that simple. What's the next great feeling thought that you can have? Focus on that instead. Make peace with your life. Make peace with the change. The only way you can truly do that is to accept that everything is happening for you. Everything is happening in alignment. 
that you are supported. Gabby would say that the universe has your back. I would say that the creator who made you, who brought you into existence, has a divine plan. And that though it feels hard at times, you're where you're meant to be. Can you see the lesson in this for what it is? Can you see what you were meant to learn? Can you see how you are getting stronger? Can you see how your heart's being cracked open? Can you see how you're changing in the best of ways? Because if you look for those things, they will be true. Come back next week. Because if the first step is to make peace through mindset, the next step is to redefine how empowered you are. Next week, I have a really specific activity that we're going to do to make you realize how resilient you already are. So go check out that episode if you're listening to this in the future. And if you're listening to this in real time, join me next week and let's keep talking about this. If you enjoyed today's episode, guys, I really would appreciate if you'd share it on social. You can take a screenshot and put it in your stories and link out to this episode or You can share it with a friend that you think needs it, or you can share it with your team at work. It's a conversation we need to be having as a society, not just how do we keep going, but how do we keep being in a way that feels really good? Because I think that when you learn to do that, you start to manifest and create and achieve in ways you didn't even know was possible. So let's start there. I'll see you next week. The Rachel Hollis Podcast is hosted by me. Rachel Hollis. Our show is edited by Andrew Weller with additional production support by Sterling Coates. Our executive producer is Cameron Berkman. The Rachel Hollis Podcast is a 3% chance production.